Chapter Twenty One of Cross Currents by Eleanor Potter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. It was in June that Maggie went to Montlawn for the second visit. She had special charge this year of a little crippled boy who, but for her promising to look after him, could scarcely have gone at all. It was a very happy, joyous Maggie that renewed her acquaintance with the old friends and songs, and made the acquaintance of new ones. Maggie was nine now, and a very different Maggie from the little mischievous, distrustful maid that had visited the place less than a year before. But Montlawn was the same, and the long days of delight were the same, and Maggie was very sure she had never been so happy in her life. It was early in the morning of the last one of the ten days that Maggie looked more closely at the pretty little picture face above her bed, noticed the name on the cot card hanging near it. In loving memory of Margaret Kendall. She read slowly aloud. Margaret Kendall, she repeated. Why that? With a sudden cry she thrust her fingers into her dress and took out a tiny square of linen always kept pinned somewhere about her. It was yellow and well-worn with much handling and folding, but it was clean, and the name in the corner was still plainly to be read. Margaret Kendall. "'It's the same! It's the same! I know it's the same!' cried Maggie, dancing up and down. "'She's got my name!' "'What is the same, dear?' asked one of the teachers, coming to Maggie's side. "'The name! Look!' And Maggie held up the old handkerchief and pointed to the cot card. The teacher stared as she read the two names. She knew the story of the picture and the cot card, and as she looked keenly into the face of the eager little girl, she was sure she could see a resemblance to the picture of the five-year-old child above the bed. "'Where did you get that handkerchief, dear?' she asked tremulously. Maggie shook her head. "'I don't know. I've always had it,' she stammered, speaking in the slow-dazed way that was always hers, when she was being questioned as to that dim, half-forgotten past. "'And that is your name, Margaret Kendall?' "'I don't know.' I think so, but you see, that was before. Before? Before what? Before, before the sweet-faced lady went away, replied Maggie, looking troubled and anxious. You see, I can't seem to remember. I've been Maggie so long, but the handkerchief's mine. I'm sure of that. I've always had it. I didn't steal that. No, dear, no, murmured the teacher with a little break in her voice. Come with me, she added, gathering up the handkerchief, the picture, and the cot card. Come with me, and we'll see if we can't find out what it all means. Once more Maggie was eagerly questioned, and once more her puzzled little face was scrutinized by keen eyes that picked out point by point a resemblance to the curly-headed little girl in the picture. The result of it all was a hurriedly written letter addressed to H. M. Spencer, M.D. Dear Sir, ran the letter. Some months ago you forwarded in the name of Mrs. Frank Kendall a photograph of a five-year-old girl and twenty-one dollars to endow a cot at Mont Lawn for the season. You also gave something of the sad history of the child, Margaret Kendall, in whose memory the contribution was given. Today, one of our little girls, apparently about nine years old, spied the name on the cot card and produced a fine linen handkerchief bearing the same name. She claims both name and handkerchief as her own. She is blue-eyed and golden-haired, and not unlike the photograph in many ways. Moreover, 
She seems to have no relatives that she knows anything about. All this, of course, may be a mere coincidence and may be raising false hopes. But if you will wish to investigate, we are sure. We would suggest, however, that you look into the matter yourself before communicating with the mother, lest our hopes prove groundless. The little girl, Maggie, as she is called, goes back tomorrow to New York, and her ten days being over then. Perhaps you will visit the child in her home, and see for yourself whether she really is the lost Margaret Kendall. Enclosed you will find a card bearing name, address, and all available information for ready reference. May the good God guide you in your search, and may it lead to success and happiness. Very sincerely, F. H. Clark. This letter, together with other mail, was forwarded to New York from Houghtonsville, and the doctor received it at the end of his particularly discouraging first week's work. Scarcely daring to believe that the letter itself was a reality, he hurried at the earliest possible moment to the address given and entered the basement room. "'And is it after Maggie ye'd be askin'?' demanded Mrs. Whalen good-naturedly. "'Sure, and she ain't in, sore. "'But she shall be in soon.' "'Maybe so, maybe not. There's no tellin'. She just got home from that there Montlawn business, and what with the singin' and the story-tellin' and all, she's mighty busy.' The doctor's face fell. His foot tapped the floor nervously, and his impatient eyes swept the poor little room, pausing at last in Mrs. Whalen's good-naturedly interested face. "'What sort of a little girl is this, Maggie?' he asked. "'Sure, and it's an angel she is, sir, straight from heaven,' declared the woman. "'She's that handy with the kids that it's a pleasure just to be seen of her round. And what with her bright, cheery ways, the hull blocks with her under a thumb, and she can do anything she likes with the whole kit of em. But you'd ought to see her before, sir. Before? Before she went up country, while them songs she's been a-larnin' was sung, I mean. She was a holy terror, she was. And there ain't a man, woman, or child in the alley that will tell you different. What with her— there was a sudden rush of steps at the door, and Dr. Spencer turned to meet a pair of wide blue eyes that he would have known in the uttermost parts of the world. "'Margaret! Little Margaret! You are Margaret Kendall!' he cried joyously. End of chapter 21 Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama